Hey, trivia fans! Looking for an exciting and unforgettable way to add some fun and friendly competition to your events or team-building sessions? Last Call Trivia has you covered. Our unique web-based app allows players to participate individually or as a team, making it easier than ever to bring people together, spark curiosity, create connections, and make lasting memories. Host your own trivia anytime with our new subscription and experience the best in interactive entertainment. Even remote attendees can play along. Check out lastcalltrivia.com forward slash shop for more information. Welcome to the Last Call Trivia Podcast. I'm your trivia host, James, and I'm so happy to have all of our listeners join in on our trivia team today. Our favorite part of Trivia Night is the discussion that the questions spark and the connections those conversations create. That's why our trivia players will be showing their work and talking through the thought process behind each of their answers as we go. Speaking of our trivia players, I'm joined today by the Last Call Trivia team of DJ, Kelly, and Omen. So, DJ, I hear you recently ran into a local politician whose campaign you worked on in college. How was it catching up with him? It was quite the trip. I'll tell you, nothing makes you feel older than knowing that someone whose first campaign you worked on is contemplating retirement. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> definitely uh, definitely a gut check moment for me there. But, hey, we, uh, we press on as one does. Well, now, the first if, time if, he ran, he was 83. So, you know, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, you saw that. You saw that article in the paper there, did you, Kelly? I appreciate you keeping tabs on me. And DJ, perhaps you can run for office to uh, replace him as he's uh, as he's leaving. Now that's a terrifying prospect. <laughs> and so, Kelly, I hear you've got an election-related update as well. Is that correct? I do. You know, the California governor recall is is nearly upon us, and it's weird because most states actually don't allow a governor recall, but we do, of course. And uh, guess how many candidates are on the ballot to replace our governor? Oh, this is a great trivia question. I'm guessing it's it I'm go? guessing it's 150. Almost. It's 46. I mean, you might oh. think it was like three or four. It's 46 candidates. So this week I have been researching furiously because I take these things very seriously and find it fascinating. So that's uh, my, my week also is, is sadness in politics, DJ. And 43 of them are just actors who are waiting for their careers to take off. <laughs> or porn stars whose careers already have. <laughs> right, Exactly. Well, look, it sounds like they've got a lot to add to the political process. All right, so last week, Kelly placed Don't Breathe 2 on her Do Not Recommend list. Omen, you went to see The Suicide Squad this week? Does that movie show more promise? Uh, yeah, it does. I think it's it's so far my favorite of the DC films, uh, you know, besides the Dark Knight series. It was really it was really excellent. The writing was good. The acting was good for such a, a group of kind of silly b-roll characters dug from the comics they they all had an emotional arc and it was a really fun and and heartfelt film all right look uh as we catch up with our players we'll remind you that in today's podcast we'll be challenging the last call trivia team with questions that previously appeared in last call trivia shows in bars and restaurants around the country 
Our show has two rounds of trivia, three questions per round. There's also one bonus question in between the two rounds, and then one final question to close out the game. Before we dive in, a quick reminder that if you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. And if you'd like to learn more about all of Last Call Trivia's products and services, visit lastcalltrivia.com for more ways to get your trivia fix. Let's start off with round number one. I'll read each question aloud for DJ, Kelly, and Omen, and then they'll have three minutes to discuss and decide on an answer. In addition to their answer, they'll also need to choose a point wager. The point wagers in round one are one, three, or six. They can use those wagers in any order, but they can only use each wager once per round. So they'll want to save those higher wagers for answers they're most confident in. All right, team, the categories for round number one are literature, music, and beverages. First question, literature. In the classic story, Peter Pan, what two items does Wendy use to reattach Peter's shadow? That's the classic story, Peter Pan. What two items does Wendy use to reattach Peter's shadow? And I've got three minutes on the clock for you, trivia team. Can I just say real quick, in the Disney animated version, the, the image of Peter rubbing soap on his foot is hands down one of my most treasured childhood memories. Just the furious rubbing as he's, yeah, I, I always thought that was... Oddly charming. And that's why DJ has the cleanest feet west of the Mississippi. <laughs> so what are the two, two items that Wendy uses to uh, reattach Peter's shadow? You Kelly, know, were you a Peter Pan fan? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, when you were describing this charming scene from your childhood, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Never seen the movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I know what it is. Uh, I've not seen it or any of its adaptations. So I was unaware that there was a shadow or that it needed reattaching. So I, I think I'm, I'm not. Omen looks shocked and horrified that I would confess to such a sin. But I think you guys have this one in the bag, so you really don't need me for this. <laughs> You know, Peter Pan is one of the most adapted stories in Western literature. It's it's had so many different theater and film uh, adaptations. There have been spin-off stories that have then gone on to have stage lives. Um, my, I, I, my friends and I created a, a two-person adaptation of, of Peter Pan some years ago where we played all of the characters, and I think we changed the item that was used to, to reattach the shadow, but... I believe um, that it is. I believe that it is sewing related. Am I am I on the right track with that, DJ? You are. You are. In the original story, I believe that Wendy uses a needle and thread to reattach his shadow, and I, I believe the line is something like, uh, "Don't worry, it'll only hurt a little." I mean, come on. That's anybody would use a needle and thread. I was looking for something a little more creative, but no. J- well, the the thimble ends up being something of an important symbol. No, no rhyming pun intended, uh, throughout the, the story uh, for its magical properties as relates to sewing. I want to know what magical properties the thimble has. Well, that's funny. That you- well, Kelly, this is a family podcast. Yeah. We can't really get into <laughs> that. <right. laughs> I'll, Last I'll call. research it on my own. Thank you. Uh, don't forget, guys, I need your wager total as well. I need an answer and a wager total. Kelly, DJ, I feel super confident about this. I, I think we can go six points on the needle and thread. I'm going to agree with that. Six points on needle and thread. All right. Second. Okay, let's, let's lock that one in. Six points for that. All right. Literature. In the classic story, Peter Pan, what two items does Wendy use to reattach Peter's shadow? The answer, needle and thread. Yes. 
You guys got that right. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Very can, nice. Can I ask a, a logistical question? No, I'm not even going to bother with the <laughs> logistics behind sewing a shadow. I'm just not going to go there today. It's too, philo- it's too early in, mind, in the morning are, to be philosophical. We are talking about a, a property in which children fly due to magic pixie dust. So, so trying to focus on the physics and logistics probably <laughs> isn't exactly a winning proposition. And in the live action version of it, they, they used like stage lighting to have somebody standing at the front of the stage and the shadow was running all along the wall, right? Isn't that kind of how they, I seem to remember something like that. Yeah, yes. I think these shadow, days, shadow plays. these days they use a short throw projector, but yes, that's the idea. So we move from literature to music. The question, what 2009 Flow Rider song heavily samples a 1984 song by the band Dead or Alive? Oh, in music, I, know, I know this. What I can 2009 make a computer fan. <laughs> Flo Rida song heavily samples the 1984 song by the band Dead or Alive. Okay, so the song by Dead or Alive is you spin me right round, baby, right round. Yeah. Like a record, baby, right round. Ad round, nauseum. round. Right, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the only song that I know by, I can't even say his name. I mean, it's a state and it's not. It's confusing to me. But isn't it low, low, low? That's your, your Omen th- has a look on his face that was the look that I had when the Peter Pan question came up. I'm I loving think, this. I think you're thinking of um, the, the song in which the singer describes Shodi as having apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Is that incorrect? I don't know the song I'm talking that's, about. And that's Get Low. Not, not Low, 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 but that's Get Low. And it's by a different artist. So Wait, what? Different, different, different collaborator, I should say. So. That was a fun contribution. Thank you. <laughs> but are we on the okay. right track? I was with, happy I could yeah. name a song. It's, it's, let's be, let's it, be it's, real. It's a write a song that goes, you spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record, baby, right round, round, round. And then the, there's, a, there's a hook that's when we go down, when we yeah, go down, that's, down. that's what I'm thinking of. The, oh, okay. Did I mix that up with, this is going to be like the, um, the Bloomsbury, Doonesbury thing. I'm putting two songs together into yes. one song that doesn't exist. Yes, that's exactly what you did, and and it's charming as hell. But um, <laughs> hey, I'm giving. But I'm pretty sure this song is not called "Low, Low, Low." Well, what's so, it called? Yeah, what is? I'm, I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think of the name of the track. I, I want to say it's "When We Go Down," but I. I'm not sure that sing, that's correct. Sing more of it for us, DJ. Sing more of, of the Flow Rider song <laughs> for us. Maybe that'll help <laughs> that, jog that, our memory. That's about as much as I, I, I got. I sang you what I can recall of it. <laughs> So look, it sounds like you guys know the song. You've you've been kind of you know singing it for us here, performing it. Does that does that help you kind of give some terms that might kind of work itself out into a title? I mean, I I think that when we go down, kind of vaguely rung a bell, but it it might be a might be a bell with a crack in it. Yeah, I mean, I remember that line from the song, whether or not it's the actual song or the song I made up in my head, but I just don't know that that's the title. Like Last when call. we go down, that's a weird title to me. Last call here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one point on, um, on When We Go Down, because I just can't think of anything better. I can't think of the title. I mean, could I, they I, not I, just call it Right Round? They, they could. They could very much. They could, but yet they didn't. More suggestions <laughs> for aspiring musicians out there. Let's go, let's go When We Go Down for one point. All right, so the team says, the question being, music, what 2009 Flo Rida song heavily samples a 1984 song by the band Dead or Alive? You guys said, when we go down, the right answer, right round. Hey, oh, that's come what on. I said. And you both looked at me like Peter Pan. It's, I, I think I've been vindicated. I got low, in low, In my low, defense, wrong. I thought I saw a shadow. So and I was in, just in the end, 
So wait, like, the song is called Right, right Round? round. Right What's round. the original song called? Right Round! <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I think that we need to write a strongly worded letter to Flo Rida about, about uh, intellectual property rights. I agree. I don't know that we really want to be sending anything to a man who calls himself Flo Rida. Uh, about intellectual <laughs> property of any kind. Well, I look. think we should write a strongly worded letter of appreciation to dead or alive, assuming any of those members are still alive. We should film a strongly worded music video based <laughs> on Flo Rida's song. And we'd like to invite Flo Rida or Dead or Alive to like, subscribe, and share this podcast if, in fact, they're listening right now. All right, let's move on to the beverages question. Beverages. What was originally developed in 1934 as a tropical-flavored ice cream topping before customers later discovered that it made an appealing drink when mixed with water. And I'll put three minutes on the clock here. Team, the question again, what was originally developed in 1934 as a tropical flavored ice cream topping before customers later discovered that it made an appealing drink when mixed with water? Oh, sorry. DJ looks like... Oh, yeah! Oh, really? That's what it is? So... (laughs) To, to answer the stunned silence of my colleagues, yes, I'm fairly certain that the uh, the answer is our, our favorite bursting through the wall giant pitcher of cool, refreshing drink that we all know and love from our childhoods, right? That makes so much sense, and I find it really gross that anyone would want to put that on ice cream. I also find that it makes zero sense because, like you said, who would want to put it on ice cream to begin with? And how could it have been developed as such? I was thinking of Tang, but I realized that was developed for a completely different purpose later on, so I knew that wasn't right. But the concept that somebody would sprinkle Kool-Aid on ice cream is simply horrifying. Well, it does make sense, though. I I mean, from a taste perspective, yes. It was the 1930s, though, when people were... um, Oh, they were desperate. Very bored, yeah, for any, any kind of stimulus. But, uh, you know, it makes sense that, that something would be developed as a powder and then it could inadvertently be mixed with water and people would drink it. Whereas something like my original thought was Fanta, but then it would have to be it would have to go through other steps. People would have to develop a right. solid version of Fanta. And just then, to reconstitute it back to where it was to in the recon- first place. This Fanta is not made from concentrate. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I think freshly squeezed Fanta, <laughs> it's what the kids crave. So I, I think that the the mechanics of it be starting out as a powder and remaining a powder until it, you know, and sold to the customer as a powder makes sense to me. Well, the timing is, is pretty key to me, too, because I, I recall seeing old black and white uh, print ads for Kool-Aid, uh, the Kool-Aid man as a, you know, it, more streamlined character, not quite as as um, chonky as he is in the '80s version. A rippling six-pack um, of abs. This black and white <laughs> ad from your childhood when you were helping, you know, Dewey run for president. Is that when you <laughs> when, he, when he was friend? rubbing soap when he was rubbing, rubbing soap <laughs> on his foot? Yeah, that's right. Well, that was the fashion of the time. Right. Uh, I have absolutely no better idea than yours. Last call. So Last I call, love guys. It. And you're you're betting three either way, so don't worry about that. I just we're going to bet three whole hog. We're not going to bet three with any sort of trepidation. No, three hogs to the Kool Aid Man. All right, so let's see here. The answer, Kool Aid Man. Beverages is the question. What was originally developed in 1934 as a tropical flavored ice cream topping before customers later discovered that it made an appealing drink when mixed with water? You guys say Kool Aid. The answer, Hawaiian Punch. <gasps> 
What? Wait, that's because that's the guy you were describing. It wasn't Cooley. The guy who goes to the wall is the Hawaiian punch guy. No, no it's not. Cooley man. <laughs> man goes through walls. Hawaiian punch was originally. Wait, is I, Hawaiian I didn't punch realize that it was a powder. Thing? I've only ever seen it in liquid oh, form. Oh gosh. Well, so it's co- possible that it was more of like a syrup that got sort of like mixed in with the water. You know what I mean? Like that could be right. something. Oh, we assumed it was a powder and it didn't have to be a powder at all. That was and our... This is the second time in my life I've been highly disappointed by Kool-Aid. Or, or are you disappointed by Hawaiian Punch? But all of it. All of it Wait, together. I, I, yeah, okay. you know what? I was a high C kid, so y'all can leave me alone. What's the thing with the pa- Capri Sun? That was my thing. Um... Wait, DJ, can you do us a favor to get us out of this, though? You did an impression of somebody that was either the Kool-Aid man or the Hawaiian punch man. Can you just bring that back to life for a second? Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah! But I don't know which one that is, but it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, in fact, the Kool-Aid guy. So, look, we but go from... what does the Hawaiian punch guy do? He Aloha! Does he, really? does he Aloha? He's did you just make that hat. up right now? He's got a funky hat. I know that much. Probably sings Jimmy Buffett songs. I mean, it seemed, <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. That's the impression of the Kool-Aid man right there. We there we go. So, so as the studio cat uh, makes the first appearance of the day, we move to our bonus question. As now it's time for today's bonus question. The rules for the bonus question are a bit different, and this is how it goes. The answer to this bonus question will be in the form of a number. The players probably won't know the exact answer to the bonus question, but that's okay. The idea is for them to give their best guess. At live Last Call Trivia shows, the top 50% of teams that get the closest to the exact answer win one bonus point. Since our trivia team is not playing against anyone else today, the writing team has set a predetermined range that their answer must fall between for them to get the point for the bonus question. Here's the bonus question, team. Where did Dead or Alive's song, You Spin Me Round Like a Record, peak on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart? Dead or Alive's song, You Spin Me Round Like a Record, where did it peak on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100? Three minutes on the clock for the team there. I've got a theory about this. <laughs> Kelly, Coming share. Coming from the We're... person who didn't know what Peter Pan was or, and thinks that Kool-Aid and Hawaiian Punch are the same thing, yeah, I have a let's theory. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I think that the song has enjoyed greater success in its post-top 100 days than it did at the time. It's kind of like that Drama-Rama song. Nobody knew the Drama-Rama song when it was, you know, uh, anything, anything, marry me, marry me, that song. Um, No, I'm not singing it. Nobody knew what that was when it came out, but in decades since then, they're like, it was the number one song of the 80s. No, it wasn't. Not at the time. Just in hindsight, everybody loves it more than they did at the time. So I think it didn't peak as high as we think it did because we've kind of retrospectively given it this charming, oh, we all love this song. And then the guy from Florida, you know, redid it and did whatever he did. It's, um, I don't think it's as high as we might initially think, is my theory. Do you think it got to the top 10, Kelly? I'm going to say 17. Is it 17? (laughs) I was going to say 24. So, because I I, I am flashing back, did you ever see the VH1 series, I Love the 80s? Uh, I was obsessed with, there were three versions. There was, I Love the 80s. There was, I Love the 80s Strikes Back. And there was, I Love the 80s 3D. And each was an iteration, and they, they got these comedians and, and rock stars to talk about what was going on in the 80s, and they play clips and then you know show you behind-the-scenes stuff and background. It was really cool. It was really, really cool. And I seem to recall that this song came up rather prominently in one of the three. 
because of the exact reason, Kelly, that you were saying, that it wasn't, you know, now it's this well-remembered song. It's been in movies, right? It, it, it's it's everywhere. It's been covered by Flo Rida. But um, it, it turned out that it was it was much lower down. And for some reason, the number 24 is sticking in my head. I so love the number I'm 24. Throwing that out there in, in agreement with you, Kelly. Three hogs in favor of 24. <laughs> We're going to have more hogs than we can oh, handle. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I feel good about going uh, 24 on the sleeper hit. Can I, can I mention that I almost went to a Dead or Alive concert when I was in college? And what a thrilling could, college existence you I couldn't, had. I couldn't get there. I know. I, I, this is now one of my biggest regrets. Like, I could have been there. Last call. <laughs> Let's go 24. All right. You guys are going to say that the uh, peak for this track was 24 on the hot uh, Billboard Hot 100 chart. The question, where did Dead or Alive's song, You Spin Me Round Like a Record, peak on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100? Our team says 24. The actual answer? 11. And the range within which you needed to be to get a point was either 7 to 15. No! 7 to 15. So sorry, guys. No bonus point this particular Even my game. 17 wouldn't have gotten us there. No, you were close, though, with that one. You were close with the 17. We spun ourselves right out of a correct answer with that question. I think our like that we took the theory too far. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, your your love of the '80s struck back, as we found out with the uh, VH1. I think okay. it struck out. It, it, did. <laughs> it, it hit us in the face in full 3D. There you go. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Okay, let's move on to round number two, team. The questions in this second round will be themed to a specific topic, and today's theme is U.S. landmarks. U.S. landmarks. In this round, the point wager options have updated to either two, five, or seven points. But just like the first round, the team can only use each wager once per round. So they have some higher options to work with here. The categories for round number two are travel, toys, and landmarks. Again, with the overall theme, U.S. landmarks. So let's go with the first question here of round number two. Travel. <coughs> travel. What is the most visited national park west of the Mississippi? The most visited national park west of the Mississippi. And I put three minutes on the clock for our team. So my, my immediate thought is Yellowstone. But, but then my second thought is, is that too obvious? And, and is it something like the La Brea Tar Pits? My initial thought is Yosemite, just because of its proximity to the population in California. Like, people have to make an effort to go to Yellowstone. They don't have to make as much of an effort to go to... People can go to Yosemite for the weekend. Everybody from L.A. and San Francisco can go to Yosemite for the weekend. So I feel like the the traffic driving... Uh, and I mean that like theoretically, not the physical cars. Sure. Is higher in Yosemite. And what about the Grand? I mean, also keep in mind the Gand Canyon. The Gand Canyon, indeed. <laughs> the Gand Canyon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so colorful, you know. So Gand Canyon actually probably works pretty that would well. Be Grand, Gand Crayon. Um, and no, no bites on the La Brea Tar Pits. That's a sad place. That's the most that's the most accidentally visited landmark west of the Mississippi. If you've not been there, it's sad and horrifying. There's a there's a life size replica of a of a mother mastodon trying to like save her child from the tar pit, and it's screaming and it's horrible. That is very sad. Yeah, that's exactly. Dark. It's traumatizing. Yeah, um, yeah. Back to the question, though. Okay, what other ones? What other big ones are we missing? It's not Glacier. Yellowstone is I up think there. It's maybe be Grand Canyon. Yosemite uh, or Grand Canyon. Millions. 
millions of, of visitors every year. They publish them, yeah. right? They talk about how many millions of people went to the Grand Canyon last year. I mean, here's people the thing. People travel from other countries That's to That's what the I was going to say. When I went to the Grand Canyon, I've been to the Grand Canyon and Yosemite. Grand Canyon is heavily populated by foreign tourists. Yosemite, not so much. So I think the international travel for Grand Canyon might make up for the fact that it's a little bit out of the way. I feel I feel like that's probably the answer. Just just any other landmarks that are out there. Are there any other landmarks west of the Mississippi? None. No okay. landmarks west then of the Mississippi. Then th- in that case, <laughs> is Vegas considered a landmark? No. It was National Park. Oh, Vegas so is sorry. the opposite of a national so park. Um, yeah, I think the Grand Canyon is probably the right answer. I think Yosemite. Oh like man, dead I think you alive. might need a little more Kool Aid this morning. You seem to be spun right round. Oh my god! Wow. I think Yosemite is the sleeper answer for this, but I'm I'm willing to go Grand Canyon with you guys. Okay, and we got last call here. I also need your point wager total, guys. You got uh, obviously two, seven, or five to choose from here in round number two. I think we have a 50-50 chance. So, Omen, if you're given the five symbol, or, or maybe you're just saying hi, I don't know. I'm um, giving the five symbol. Okay. I agree. Five. Five is good. Okay, and then what's your final answer here? The Gand Canyon. <laughs> All right. The question, travel, what is the most visited national park west of the Mississippi? And the team said the Grand Canyon. The answer, Grand Canyon National Park. Yes. Woohoo! We did Standing. it. So nice. Five points on the board. You guys get that question correct. Nicely done. And we move on from travel to toys. In the Crayola State Crayon Collection, oh. what state's crayon is called Old Man Granite Gray? That's in the Crayola be... State Crayon Collection. What state's crayon is called Old Man Granite Gray? Vermont or Which New is... Hampshire has that man in the mountain. Isn't that the granite man? Well, one of the states is the granite state. Is it Vermont or New Hampshire? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just still reeling from the fact that there are state crayons. I'd like to know what our state crayon is. It would be like a sad state of brown. <laughs> In California? Burnt umber. It'd be burnt umber, Kelly. I like burnt umber. This, is, this has to be like a muckier color. The color of the tar pits. It'd be... Oh, I can't say that. Never mind. No, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's get back to Vermont and New Hampshire. Is one of those the granite state, DJ? I am I'm racking my brain to remember. I, I think of granite and the sort of mineral... The, the states that identify with minerals as being more the Western states. Oh, I have a theory, though. What is My it? My last theory didn't pay off, though. We should, know, we should ignore this theory wholeheartedly after <laughs> I say it. So I, I think it would be New Hampshire, not Vermont, because Vermont is the Green Mountain state, and so green would be its crayon color. That would leave New Hampshire to be granite. But, I, I mean, like, I'm making this up. I think Kool-Aid and Hawaiian Punch are the same thing. Don't listen to me. <laughs> granite state. New Granite. I, granite. Um, Would it, so I think I think there is would, a state it, coin it, it, with an old man in the mountain. I'm not making. No, that you're correct. I think you're right, Kelly. It's it's New Hampshire. I think you're right. I think New Hampshire is the grandest state. So I'm flashing back to the West Wing. Oh, um, love and, this callback. Uh, uh, thinking of of President Bartlett, and I, I know that they refer to his home state as uh, as the Granite State at least once. You know, it's one of those walk and talks, and they're talking about the. And he's like, "Well, I don't know. When I was in the Granite State, like it, it's it's like that. I, I swear that." is bouncing around in my head. Can I tell you how impressed I am right now that you remember a line from a walk and talk on a series that aired like when you were mounting Dewey's presidential campaign? Like this is amazing. <laughs> Where do you think he to got me. his ideas from? Where do you think he got oh, his ideas? That's a good point. Uh, Omen, you got anything other than New Hampshire? I've I mean, got only nothing. No, I, I think 
I just think it's an unimaginative name for a state. Mm-hmm. I think any state could reasonably be called the Granite State, except maybe for Hawaii. But um, I, I guess, how many points do we want to do? Should we go, do we feel super? Seven. You feel that confident, DJ? I, it's, it's the He it's loves the, the West state. Wing, Omen. Do not underestimate DJ's love of the West Wing. Clean foot DJ with seven points. All right, I'll go for it. <laughs> You've got my vote. Okay, you guys want to go ahead and, and lock that in? Uh, and, and I think you guys said that you're going to go ahead and, and bet the seven on this one, right? We'll wager seven? Yes, sir. All right. Seven Category hops. Category is toys. The question in the Crayola State Crayon Collection, what state's crayon is called Old Man Granite Gray? The answer that you guys submitted, New Hampshire. The actual answer, <gasps> New Hampshire. Yay! Yes! <laughs> oh, Yeah! <laughs> The Hawaiian Punch Man makes a return. I love Very it. Very nice. Again, I'm pretty sure it's the Kool Aid guy, but you know that's okay. We'll continue to say uh, Hawaiian Punch. Okay. I'm the question. About New Hampshire. <laughs> All right. Good. Landmarks is the question here. Landmarks. What Mount Rushmore president sports a mustache? Team, I'd like to know here that uh, Teddy what, Roosevelt. What president Sorry. on Mount Rushmore <laughs> sports a mustache? Take it away. I think it's Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, do you, guys? Kelly? Um, I think that you're right, but I'm just, I, I think it would be worthwhile going through who are the presidents on Mount Rushmore. Well, can I just say that seeing old, old Abe Lincoln with a stash would be pretty fierce? <laughs> I, I would pay good money for. Uh, he would be the Burt Reynolds of his time. Right? I mean, the man could have kept the union together just with some fierce facial that's hair. Right. I, I that's right. That's right. Do you know that that's why he has facial hair? Because. Right? I mean,. I mean, that's the story, though, that he met this little girl like in his travels or whatever, and she made the suggestion to him and he took it and, and grew that beard. Like, he, you know, he didn't always have that beard, but he grew it at the suggestion of this little girl to, like, improve his chances with the public or whatever. If only Burt Reynolds had advised him, we'd be in a whole different situation. If only or Burt Tom Reynolds Selleck. Tom, had Tom Selleck. Had a pretty <gasps> Tom Selleck. If only Tom Selleck alive. had been that so that's little girl. Actually a better choice. <laughs> um... Okay, so the we're little reviewing... little girl was us all along. Yes, with, a, with our shadows tied into the crocodile. Um, okay, we're reviewing the presidents on Mount Rushmore. Please, Omen. So we've got Lincoln, it sounds like. We've yeah. got... Um, Washington. Washington. We've got Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a fourth one, or maybe even a fifth one. Yeah. There there's is. There's a fourth one. Jefferson's the fourth. Technically, he's the second. It's Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, Lincoln. But... Yeah. And there are only four of them. Yeah, there's only four of them. No, I think that I think that um, I think that Mr. Mr. Rough Rider himself was the only mustachioed of those gentlemen. Omen, it's pronounced Flow Rider. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rough Flow Rider. <laughs> okay, so guys, we know that you're going to wager two points on this because that's our remaining option here. Uh, the question: Landmarks. What Mount Rushmore president sports a mustache? And I believe you guys are going to go with Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Teddy Roosevelt. So the team says Teddy Roosevelt, Mount Rushmore, president with a mustache. And the answer is Teddy Roosevelt. Nice. Nicely done. So nicely done there. Bull moose. Ooh, I like that. Because I was going to point out, you know, the, the writing team had the wherewithal to add sports to the question. You know, which president sports a mustache? And he was a sportsman. 
big time sportsman. Like well, the he boxing, was a hunter. Like a, I don't like know that hunting. a hunter is a sportsman. It's really Back not a sport. He was a boxer. He was also very into football. Like I, I remember when football was kind of like very, very right. dangerous in its early stages, he kind of instituted or had a push for rules, making the rules more standardized. Oh. That so seems very so counter to his personality because he'd be like, just allow like full kills. Like just, just, just get out there and go just, at just, it. Just, just whoever die. survives is the yeah, winner. Whoever survives then, that's Keep the in mind, he was the driving force behind most of the modern uh, national park effort, too. He was a huge conservationist. Yep. So yeah. he was not a, an absolute libertarian, let everything go, mm. you know, be as it, as it may. And remember, he ran and formed his own party specifically because he felt that mm. the Republican Party had moved too far away from the tenets of preserving public space and, and keeping you know, some, some measure of uh, natural life for the public to enjoy. The mustache party, yeah. Like they won't the, let me in. <laughs> as much as I don't like the hunting, yeah. I mean, there's this wonderful story about when he traveled to Yosemite, since we were talking about Yosemite, with John Muir, whose name I can't pronounce sure. because there's that you and I next to each other in the word. And he was basically like, what like what do we have to do? We need to make sure that this is always here for everyone. And so, yeah, he was the driving force, and it's fantastic. We're still reaping the benefits today and for years to come and Thank even you. more fantastic is that we got the question right yes, oh is you that did. what's fantastic about that forget about the national parks we got two Very points fantastic. yeah who, who, who cares about the national parks we got the points okay final question final question of the game this is a multi-part question and it's also the only question today that our team can actually lose points on the trivia team can decide to wager either five or zero points on the final question, but they'll have to get every portion of the final correct in order to earn those points. If they miss any portion of the final question, they'll lose whatever they wagered. So since this is a multi-part question, I'll give them five minutes to decide on their answer. Team, the final movies. Put the following Pixar movies in order by release date from earliest to most recent. Pixar movies in order by release date, earliest to most recent. And here's the order. Coco, Inside Out, Luca, Soul. I should say those are the options. Coco, Inside Out, Luca, Soul. Put those Pixar movies in order by release date, team, earliest to most recent. <laughs> should, should we preface this by noting that I've never seen a Pixar movie? <laughs> Kelly, Should we lead with that? Not a single uh, one? I don't think so. You never saw Up? Oh, you know, someone made me see Up because of Ed Asner, and as much as I don't like animation, I did think it was charming. But I also think, I mean, that was Ed Asner, right? I'm not it making that Ed up. The, the it late, was Ed Asner. The late yeah. Ed Asner. Um, the late, great Ed Asner. Yeah. Wasn't Toy Story Pixar? Yeah. You're looking at me like I've seen that movie, James. I thought everybody had. Not everyone has, thank you. Um... <laughs> I have heard of these movies, though. Does that help? Pixar is next to Peter Pan in the library, and uh, Kelly has a, <laughs> an, an infamous distaste for I peas. I would sooner see Peter Pan than Pixar. So I, I, Luca is the one that most recently came out. I feel very confident about that. That came out. I think that's yes. out like now, right? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen just commercials came, just on it out. for television. I haven't even seen yep. it yet. Inside Out, I think, is at the earlier end of that list. Oh, I thought Coco yeah, was... Oh, really? Yeah, it's been out uh, at least four or five years. Coco came out in approximately... What year is it now? Uh, it's 2021 now. I think it came out in 2018 or, or early 2019, because I remember I saw it in Chicago when I was visiting, uh, and I, I had a hand injury at that point, which happened around that time. 
and it had just recently come out. So I believe it goes inside out. So now now the one that I'm the one that I'm not sure where it goes is soul. Is that the one where the like soul. they have little emotions? No, that's inside, no, that's out. inside out. Soul is about oh, the, okay. the jazz pianist who dies and and then I didn't finish the movie because it was annoying. Soul came out <laughs> came out pretty close to contemporaneously with Disney Plus when Disney Plus started. It was oh. one of the So it's it's um, That'd be third I'm in not, line. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Soul is third right before Luca. So then it would be inside out Coco Soul Luca. Yes. From and someone who doesn't know any of these, points. I'm I'm willing to put five hogs on this answer. <laughs> Kelly, you're gonna run out of hogs. I don't I don't think we have any hogs at this point, so I may as well bet them all. Kelly, you should see Coco. Um, do you enjoy uh, crying? Uh, do I enjoy death? <laughs> Is that why you're saying? Dude, it's it's a, a pretty incredible film, and and one thing that to, to credit Pixar, Kelly, I imagine you'd appreciate this quite a bit, is that they hew very close to um, honoring whatever cultural traditions they're depicting on screen. So, like with with Coco, you know, it deals heavily with uh, you know traditional Mexican interpretations of death and the afterlife and all that. And not only do they bring in experts to help guide them, but they also use uh, cultural artists from the culture they're depicting to help guide the overall tone and structure. They, they do an amazing job of honoring whatever it is they're portraying on screen, which is sort of the anti-Disney approach, ironically. Um, um, I will tell you the one embarrassing thing that I know about it is that, I mean, there's there's one song from it that's particularly famous that I've heard covered 17,000 times because sure. every contestant on American Idol chooses to sing it for some reason or another. So, yeah, I'm admitting I still watch American Idol. We have that now. <laughs> I'm sure that's oh, going to yeah. come in clutch later. That's going to come in handy one day. One of these days, I'm telling you, just like Dunk, DJ is calling back to the West Wing... I'm going to be calling back to that episode on American Idol from season three. <laughs> and then all those people who said you wasted your time can eat it. Five hogs. Five hogs, Five hogs. on the order being Inside Out, Coco, Soul, Luca. Okay, so let's lock that in, team. And you said you're going to bet the five points, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So you guys said for your order... And, of course, the question is, put the following Pixar movies in order by release date from earliest to most recent. Uh, you guys are saying Inside Out, Coco, Soul, Luca. Correct. And the actual order, Inside Out, released in 2015, Coco, released in 2017, Soul, released in 2020, and Luca, released in 2021. Woohoo! So nice job, guys. You got the Good final job. question well correct. done. Let those hogs run free. I was going to say, you guys can give the answers, and I'll just manage the hogs. <laughs> so nicely done, guys. Uh, your point total out of a possible 30 points, our podcast team today locked in 25 points. Hey, hey that's, not that's not bad at all. Nicely done. Nicely done. The, the first round, right. first round was a little shaky, but you know, you guys got the six-point question right, um, yeah. and then you didn't get the bonus point. But you know, whatever. What we made it through there, and then the second round was just perfect, and the final was perfect. So nicely done. I'm gonna celebrate with a, Why, a nice you. cold bowl of Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch, uh, you know, Kool-Aid, whichever one you guys want to uh, go for. Obviously, I would imagine most of the time we think of Kool-Aid as. Uh, red, so that's what I think the the, the Kool Aid crayon color would be. Uh, I just wanted to give you guys a quick little nugget here before we go for the day uh, <gasps> from that state crayon box. Yes, yes. Oh, you um, know which one is California? It California. Is, do you know? It's murky tar pit brown. 
It's actually Sacro Mint O. Are you joking? Mint O. Did you just make up a joke right now or are you serious? I, I I actually looked it up. Washington, by the way, DJ, just so you know, Washington's is Space Needle. Uh, it doesn't what, say what, what color is that? It doesn't Silver? say. It, it doesn't say what what color. Uh, Florida, Florida is yeah, Florida. Alligator Alley. Okay, I'll take it. What about what about that. New York State? What about New York and New Jersey? Well, New I, I should have looked up New York, and I can bring up the the page here in a second. I did look up New Jersey, which is Boardwalk. Boardwalk what Brown. Color is that? Again, it doesn't actually tell me what color these are. I would have been <laughs> that would have been good if I was able. You to, have uh, to buy the set, Kelly. That's I'm, exactly right. Uh, you know what? I love crayons. I really do. I, I'm objecting, like, on principle to this Sacramento. Like, oh, gosh, it's awful. It's awful. Somebody's really proud of their pun, and New I'm York, not having New it. New York, by the way, New York is... It's got to be an apple. Lady like red Liberty. apple. Lady Liberty. So what is that, a patina, like, copper-turned... Probably so. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of greens. It sounds like a lot yeah, of greens exactly. to me. Alligator Alley and Sacramento. And okay, anyway, look. Uh, so the last call trivia's team uh, the, today, again, the point was 25, point, 25 points scored out of a total possible 30. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in for the show. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share today's episode. And if you're looking for more trivia fun, head over to lastcalltrivia.com to check out our live shows, private events, trivia card game, and more. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Last Call Trivia Podcast. Until then, stay curious and drink your Hawaiian punch. 